Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, episode 39 of Get the Flick Out of Here. Not this um, week, no. Nope, not this week. Spoiler. Although, although we have by rights this more more ammunition to get the flick out of here than <laughs> ever, but we're not. Um, uh, I'm your host, Alex Pulaski. With me, as always, is uh, is Kate Elizabeth. Uh, Kate, you picked one last week. I know. I'm never allowed to pick again, especially after last week and this week. You're never allowed to pick again. This was phenomenal. This was art. No, what I'm saying is, I picked this week. You picked last week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just me from now on. Sorry, everybody. No more more Hallmark movies or uh, Lifetime dramas. Still getting over the cold, unfortunately. You know what, Alex? I'm not feeling great either. And I don't know if these Western medicines are working. No, I know. You know what we know. What we need to do. We need to. Uh, we need to go someplace where God cannot follow. And if I, if we find him there, we will know he is within us. And that place can be reached by car. And that place is China. And that place is not China. That place is the park. And when <laughs> we're there, we will meet a girl who is dying, who will give us a Velociraptor claw, who will turn us into. Uh, Velociraptor Hulk? You wouldn't like us when we're angry because when we're angry, we turn into a giant foam rubber suit of a uh, of a dinosaur. We are reviewing. Also, that'll all be a dream that actually happened. Right. We are reviewing Velocipaster. Yeah, we are. We are reviewing the Velocipaster. This has been suggested to us. Um. I would say fairly often, actually. And I it think was one we of those literally of, owe people an apology for not doing this sooner. We, we sh- we, well, yeah. I mean, it, it is a disgrace. It took us honestly, 39 episodes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is now a Velocipaster podcast. We're just going to re- we're just going to watch it every every um, every every week. Uh, we're going to invite a new person on who's never seen it and interview them about their experiences watching it. It's gonna be a nine-part um, retrospective. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what the show is now. That's what that's what it is. And why wouldn't it be, Kate? Um, Velocipaster is quite possibly the perfect movie. It's a. It's amazing. seventy minutes long. Right there. So great. So great. So, so happy for that. Brian Danielson um, has wrestled longer matches this year, mm, probably. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you include entrance mm-hmm. times and stuff. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, we talk a lot about movies that don't know what they are or what they're trying to be, and that being like their fatal flaw. Just last week, mm-hmm. we were talking about the non-committal. Yep. This movie knows exactly what it is. Ugh. Before we were started recording, we talked about how the room usually has the title of being the you know worst movie ever. Um, that movie. Uh, was set out to be make a great movie. Like the the it, the the idiot who wrote the damn thing. Who remember we <laughs> that was go back and watch that one. If you're a uh, late addition to the whole thing, go back and watch when we watch the room because I found the original script, not the shooting script, the original script. They cut and out I the best read from scene, it. Alex. They cut the best scene out of it, 
where he's a vampire and nobody cares about it. Much like on NXT this week where Isla Dawn was invisible. But <laughs> um, uh, if it had anyway, a real budget and actually authentically tried to be a good movie. This movie set... not so The Room wanted to be a good movie and failed miserably. This wanted to be a bad movie and succeeded perfectly. deliciously. Delicious. God, it was it, it, like they uh, knew exactly what it was. It, it, it was it's 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 the worst movie ever made, and I love it so much. Like how how did like that's that's the, that's the best way for me to describe it. It's the worst movie ever made. I mean, just from a standpoint of, if you were trying to make a good movie, you would not make this movie, right? Right. So and and, and it was so so bad. That it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I heard somebody say that it was like if the room or or any other movie that didn't use the room, but that's what popped into my mind, said like, oh my god, we had this huge budget and we made this terrible movie. This movie was like a celebration of being a low budget film. The only like gripes I have with it from the movie perspective is a ton of the scenes don't go anywhere or build on anything. So like no. it's not a a fluid movie in that mm-hmm. sense, but like the way it intentionally bombs itself is is yeah. impressive and incredible and on purpose and done with the intent of being really entertaining, I think. And I don't know yes. how you're a trained actor, he would know better. Like, how do you even, <laughs> if off the bat, the idea is, look, this movie's bad. Mm-hmm. You're the lead character in it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Well, here's, and here's your character thing, arc is you're a pastor who turns into a dinosaur. Here's the thing about uh, Greg. I want to say Greg is the name of the actor. Cohan, something like that. He's who's an actual actor. Like you go to his AMD, IMDb page, he's like he's had small parts in all kinds of TV shows. Like get little bit, little bit things here and there. He's a working actor. He was actually uh, he he did voices for Red Dead Redemption too. Like this is a, this is I don't know exactly who was he. He's in a, our, our, uh, like our just team. like a random passerbys. Like he was he was like pedestrians on the street, like different voices of just people you would hear in in ancillary conversation. Look at that. Yeah. Which actually, that came out the same year as this, so you know he was he Big was riding high him. on the hog. Big year for him, but um, the character of Doug Jones, Pastor Doug Jones, um, great name right off the bat. Right, you it, it is required for the actor play it absolutely straight. I don't mean not gay. I mean like down the middle. Honest, never he he never thinks he's in a movie. He never comments on what is going on. It is he's not playing it for laughs. The fact that he is not playing it for laughs is what makes it so funny. And that's so interesting to me because this is so funny that we're like, like a, this is like an artistic analysis in a way of this mm-hmm. like hilariously silly thing. I don't know if this qualifies as a parody because it's not particularly like clever or witty or satirical on its head other than the fact that it's low budget it's just a bad low budget film so like if that's the acting challenge in a parody i completely 
get that because you're contrasted against all these things, right? But like, this is just a bad movie. This is not all that. There's there's pokes at certain things, the special mm-hmm. effects certainly and whatever, yeah. but like special effects. Mm. Um, but this wasn't Gremlins Two was very witty on itself. Right. This is not witty. This is just a no. bad low budget movie. Right. That's seventy yeah, minutes long. It's, it's something of, along the lines of okay, so everyone else in this movie is allowed to poke fun at how stupid everything is, but but Doug isn't, and that's why it 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 works. He's that's why he's our main character. The 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 absolutely absurd character of Frankie Frankie Mermaid the pimp <laughs> is allowed to. Frankie- Mermaid. Let's start there. And why? Why? Why is he called Frankie Mermaid? Because he's swimming in bitches. That's why he's called Frankie Mermaid. Which, like, honestly, in and of itself, the character of Frankie Mermaid, who is so named because of all the bitches he is swimming in, correct, is not a character so absurd he could not exist in an actual movie. Guy Ritchie, I'm sure, has come up with the idea of a pimp named something like Frankie Mermaid. Just got cut out in the script editing process. Like, that's the kind of character you would find as a... Quentin Tarantino, in his early early scripts, absolutely, had a character named Frankie Mermaid, so named for all the bitches he's swimming in, um, and cut it out. Um, that That's the kind of character that this guy is. But when you plunk that kind of character into this movie and have him played by this actor, <laughs> it is um, it, it becomes uh, a vessel for something almost magical in its uh, absurdity. Like it's anyway. Let's 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 try to attack this. <laughs> okay. Uh, we see Doug Jones giving a sermon to nobody because they didn't have the budget for extras. He, we just see him there, from the pews looking up at him as though he was giving a sermon to someone, but we, there's nobody there. Not a person. Um, uh, and then he goes out the front front door of the church, and he sees his parents across the street waiting by a station wagon. Uh, Mom, Dad, I'll be right there. Um, <laughs> Doug's a young guy. Parents are in their, I don't know, 60s. Early 60s, maybe. And he walks across the the, um, the the street. He is blown back by the force of an explosion. Cut to the empty spot where the car used to be with the parents standing by it. And there's just a little thing superimposed, some text on the screen that says, VFX, car on fire, in parentheses. I immediately was bought in. This was the first moment where I was like, I am in for the ride. I don't know what the rest of this movie is, but this is it. If this is what we're doing, I'm, I'm so on board. Um, And we, we got um, the cut back to Doug who is screaming, who is sobbing, who can't take it. Um, and we cut back to the set to the car saw, shot the shot of the car on fire, and the same <laughs> VFX car on fire is still there. And back to him, more screaming, more sobbing. Back to the car on fire. They kept doing it, 
And like every time it got funnier uh, because every time they would cut back to Doug, he was more and more distraught as you would be if you saw your parents get exploded, die in a horrible car bomb explosion, you would be distraught. Um, yeah. So when you say this wasn't a parody, it's not a parody of anything specific. It's a parody of, of everything. Yeah, I guess that's what's so hard is because it, it, in many ways, is a parody, but it's not um, satirical necessarily, or right. it's not particularly clever. Um, no. It's just very surface laugh at you kind of stuff, which is which is great. Like you told yeah. me that's what it is, so I signed up. But this isn't like yeah. um, like we did Gremlins too, and that was so clever right. in so many ways. This was. This isn't that. This is perfectly B level. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to in in the church where um, Doug is talking is talking to uh, his mentor and fellow pastor at this church, um, uh, Father Stewart. Um. And Father Stewart is, of course, played by the father of the director, writer, and editor of the film. His name is Dr. Daniel E. Steer. Immediately want to go to his practice. Whatever whatever he's practicing, I'm in. I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like it's optometry. I feel like he's, (laughs) doesn't that feel like he's just like, okay, well, uh, go up to the chair, put your chin right here. You're going to feel a puff of air. That's totally normal. We'll get to Father Stewart's. Oh, yeah. yeah, we will. We will. But no, later, like, like, but like that would the, track. The, 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 this man is a practicing physician, or or at least he went to medical school. The only um, thing I wouldn't go to him for is like if he was a doctor in cinematography. That's the right, only no. thing I wouldn't. Mm-mm. Well, I'm like, going yeah, otherwise. He, yeah. Um, his uh, his son reached out to him and said, "Dad, I'm making a movie." I want you to play like the third biggest character in it. <laughs> he said, sure. This is a guy, he's a uh, tall, gangly, uh, narrow face, mustache, little tiny glasses. Um, and uh, he's t- talking to, um, again, the, the, they're sitting in a pew looking straight forward, you know, uh, at least Doug is, and, and, and his father Stewart's trying to talk to him, trying to comfort him. Talking about how, um, listen, obviously you're very upset. Your parents just died in front of you. It's terrible. However, I wanted to, um, I, I think that maybe you should try traveling. Maybe this will get your mind off of things. His parents died five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is not flash forward 10 days after the funeral. Like his parents are, his parents are still charred corpses. I mean, they would be if there was VFX in the budget. Right, but their charred corpses still on the street, um, and the guy says you should travel, and he says where, and the guy says, um, go where you think God will not follow. If you find him there, he was within you all along. Which honestly, like, is a line from a different movie that people would take seriously, and it would be like, oh, that makes sense. Of like, course, where where God will not follow. But where does he go, Alex? China. He goes to China. <laughs> um, uh, but, but the other thing is that that um, this is the the director fancies himself an auteur 
of some of some kind like he has ideas that i think in a, a different movie if a, if a different director tried them people would think were brilliant like the, the scene the scene switches from them having the scene and actually talking to each other like that's still there in the background and on either side of it is a extreme close up of each character talking directly into the camera and they're they and you they're having the same conversation their lips match up with the lips behind them in the background like you see two different versions of the scene and the 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 the, the close ups are lit very dramatically um like again like if Tarantino tried this shit in like Kill Bill Volume 3 people would be like this is amazing but this guy just throws it into this it, it honestly into a nothing scene uh in this terrible movie on purpose and and it because of that it is it is derided but it is really fun like yeah some of the stuff he does is really fun an important thing with that too the whole movie and i think a lot of this benefits from the fact that it was like what we say an hour 10 long oh yeah he's in control of how bad it is the whole time right like whole- it is bad intentionally the whole time there is nothing that is that sneaks by as unintentionally bad no completely in control of of everything that's bad about it things like that i think are important um (laughs) to to show that because there is this guy does have a semblance of what he's doing but what he chose Mm -hmm. to do was make a bad movie where he cast his dad awesome (laughs) um we after this little thing they show they show him uh, in a, in a in a muscle car, the priest in a muscle car, which is how um, he drive to China, right? Well, this is the thing is that is that he we, he doesn't he says go where God will not follow, and then there's the the opening credit sequence of the guy driving. Was that all before the opening credits? Car. It was, wasn't it? Everything. Yeah, the opening credits <laughs> sequence is over. Is over the the the, the him right. driving. <laughs> And and he's driving, and you can tell it's obvious they don't try to hide it. It's obvious they put a car and then a green screen behind it, and then like footage of somebody, you know, the, the outside of a car. The old the, the way they used to do driving scenes all the time in real movies. Um, they do this, but it's all shot with with dramatic lights and weird angles, and he's like he's driving, and he'll like look out he's driving like this right and he'll sudden do this that's how i used to yep this is how you drive a car because you would be doing this right right (laughs) so he's driving very dramatically thinking about where he's gonna go and then after the credit scene you see him just walking through the woods wearing a white t-shirt and and plain white high tops and mom jeans with a backpack and he's just walking through the woods right and then it just says china <laughs> so he drove to China. Peek behind the curtain too, guys. Yeah. I had a massive migraine yesterday. Yeah. And Alex DM'd me like, hey, I'm watching this now. What time? Like trying to coordinate a time to set this up, etc. Right. And then I would just occasionally get DMs that just said, Oh my God. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. And I was like, I wonder which points he DM'd me that because it could have mm-hmm. been like mm-hmm. nine points in this whole movie. The first, the first one, first I one. said, Hey, so I'm watching this right now. Uh, and I said, and then I said, uh, I'm watching right now, and holy shit. And that was <laughs> VFX car on fire. <laughs> hey, 
him showing up in is... China after driving was one of my first yeah. holy shits. <laughs> um, I'll tell you where the second holy shit came came from yes. uh, later. Um, so, so uh, he's out there, and we see a, a girl, a Chinese girl, running from a ninja with a bow and arrow. Because uh, China ninjas, it's basically it's all the same. Of course. Um, uh, ninjas, of course, Japanese. They're in China. Doesn't matter. They ask uh, because accents, because, which because well, some of them do later. But uh, this one, uh, th- this this is the movie that because it is the movie it is. I believe all of their like weird pseudo racist Asian stuff is a comment on these types of movies handling of pseudo racist Asian stuff. And this is intentional. Those are uh, a way of like, Oh, well, yeah, we don't care. This is like, no, we're going to poke fun at that. Um, like in team America. Race, that's how that. Yes. Me. She shot so. through the back and the, the arrow comes out the front. She's wearing all white. Uh, she stumbles and falls over. Um, uh, and she's covered in blood. And, uh, <laughs> And Doug runs up to her and says, the first thing he says, are you hurt? And, um, and I'm like, this is what I, I, I know where we're going now. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. Um, and, uh, and she speaks to him in, in Chinese, says, destroy this. She hands him a giant raptor claw. Destroy this. You want me to take this? <laughs> Perfect. Yes, um, I'm like, uh, yes, no, I no. do. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so uh, before she dies, she says some more stuff in Chinese. Um, and uh, then she says, dragon warrior. Um, and then she dies, but he takes the, he's got, he's holding the, 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 the claw and he looks up and the ninja sees him and he draws back the bow. And he stumbles back down a, a slight incline. And while stumbling, I guess he grips the claw too hard so that it cuts his palm. He looks down and goes, ah, falls over and wakes up in, in his bed in, in, in the rectory of, of the church. Uh, so, he, so he drove to China, uh, found, a, found a girl in the woods, um, and uh, took took a raptor claw from her, uh, cut his hand, uh, woke back up in the in 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 America in in the church where he lives, and then the other the other priest comes in and says, "You having the same dream? It's great. This is great." An important piece that cracks me up. <clears throat> it's kind of implied that because he had an open wound and. Mm-hmm. touched this ancient artifact mm-hmm. that the those powers like leached into him into yeah him. yeah yeah woman with a gaping open wound because she was oh. shot through the back <laughs> this thing in her hand mm-hmm. doesn't at any point make an effort i think mm-hmm. that's beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> right um so he uh Father Stewart comes and, and, and brings him some soup or something. Uh, it's good to, good to see that you're feeling better, even if you're having the same dream. Um, so obviously the, the trick of it is 
was going to China a dream? No, because he actually did. And he fell down after he got sliced with the thing. Did he... How did he get back? Not Like, you can't do that with this movie. Like, but the idea of him... <laughs> Correct, you can't. Yeah, like, hey, like, Father Stewart being like, there's a deleted scene somewhere where Father Stewart says, hey, how was China? You were gone for almost a day. You know, like, it, there's, you know, like, something like that. Your um, day trip to China that you yeah, How was your day trip to China? Like, it was must have been a long drive. Um, this movie requires an, a tremendous amount of Alex having to put his Alexness yeah, aside. Yeah, I, it's I, really, I really think, hard. Yeah. Really hard. <laughs> Um, this is, I believe, uh, he, he stumbles out into the street having, uh, he's in some distress. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, he, again, this is what I'm going to find out what his friggin' name is. So I, I, I can give the guy credit. IMDB Velocipastor. That's also, that's in my recent searches. <laughs> um, <laughs> very incriminating. If anyone would have find my laptop, um, Greg Cohan, there you go. Greg Cohan. Oh, did we? Oh, no. Sorry. Go ahead. I thought we mm -hmm. missed an important scene. We did not. Uh, he staggers out into the street uh, past past uh, 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 a homeless man begging for change and nearly bumps into uh, the most obvious streetwalker that you could find. She's wearing like a, a mini skirt length leopard print coat that covers her actual mini skirt. Uh, and she's very nice. She gives a dollar to the homeless guy. And then she goes and meets Fanky Mermaid. Um, she's sucking on a lollipop. It's, it's all very like, uh, straight at a pretty woman or something like, very... I mean, like, not even that, but like, it's like, like a, it's like a boogie nights thing. Like, it's just, <laughs> you know, like the, the, anyway, um, so Frankie mermaid, God bless the dude who they got to play Frankie mermaid. Cause he said, I'm going all in on this. Uh, I remember he's got a fantastic name and I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you right now. Um, his name is Fernando Pacheco de Castro plays Frankie mermaid. Um, and, uh, <laughs> boy does he, um, he's, he's, he's dressed as the most stereotypical pimp possible, but it's like a party city costume of a pimp. Um, all of the, the costuming a hundred percent from party yeah. city or spirit Halloween clearance. Like oh the priest, God. The priest robes and collars, yeah. like uh, they had no budget, and none of that no, no budget went to the no. costume. Right. <laughs> yes. Um. So he is wearing a very giant pimp hat. At one point, he takes it off, and the actor has shaved the top of his head, and and combed over like four strands of hair across <laughs> it. That's his own hair. This is not a wig. That there's not a bald cap. You could tell because it again the budget is so terrible. You could see that like it's like a, a three hour growth of 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 stubble on the top of his head. He committed fully to this bit. Um, but Frankie Mermaid, uh, the dialogue for Frankie Mermaid again is dialogue that you would you would have you would people would write for a pimp in a movie that's trying to be a good movie, right? But, be, but because. Fernando Pacheco de Castro knows what movie he is in. He's able to like fully go overboard with it in a ways that like um, he's, uh, he, he slaps her across the face. <laughs> Carol. Her name is Carol. Her name is Carol. Carol. <laughs> Where are you tricking tonight? 
the park? That's right, because the park is where the real money is, and you are the real money. I'm Frankie Mermaid, and why do they call me Frankie Mermaid? Because you're swimming in bitches. That's right, because I'm swimming in bitches. <laughs> and uh, and it says uh, so. Say like, yeah, you're tricking tonight in the park. And then he he all of a sudden he's uh, he's he laughs. <laughs> There's a big thing about laughter in this movie. <laughs> the, the evil there laughter is. thing is just so much. But then he he abruptly cuts out of his uh, laughter and he and he points across the street. Cherry. And again, I'm quoting. He says. If you stuffed dicks in your mouth as much as you're doing with that sandwich, I'd be a millionaire by now, uh, is what he says to Cherry across the street. Um, <laughs> um, God bless the actor so, behind Frankie Mermaid. Yep. yep. Uh, and and also uh, 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 Alyssa Kempinski is the name of the one who plays Carol. Now, we see later it's at night and, and uh, Doug is staggering through the forest, still in the same distress, hours later. Uh, go to a hospital, dude. Um, and uh, <coughs> he looks up. He goes, <coughs> right? And then we see a close-up of Carol as a mugger comes up behind her. And the mugger says, uh, give me your money or your life. Um, he says, I don't have any money. They don't. They don't let me hold the money. They take me, dudes. Got the money. <coughs> Excuse me. And she says, "He'll kill you." And he says, "That makes two of us," which doesn't make any sense. I think the mo- I think the movie knows it doesn't make sense because he'll kill you. That makes two of us <laughs> means I will also kill myself. <laughs> It doesn't make a lot of sense, but um, he is attacked by by an unseen, largely unseen, uh, giant figure who uh, mauls him terribly mm-hmm. about the um, the lower torso uh, um, while he's firing shots at it, and eventually the thing runs away and he gets up, having having had most of his entrails eaten. He's just walking around as, um, as as Carol is there, trying to fumbly light a cigarette, watching all of this. Uh, and then uh, he turns and looks and sees the thing. We don't see it. But he fires a shot from his semi-automatic Glock-style pistol. Fires a shot, then manually clocks the slide <laughs> to fire another shot, which is not how those weapons work. But But again... I believe this movie knows that that's not how those weapons work. Um, and eventually he is, uh, he is eaten. And how we know he is eaten and killed is that we see um, Carol having fallen down and sat there in the, in the, on the ground. And a mannequin's head rolls past her. And that was when I, I wrote Holy Shit the second time. <laughs> The mannequin's mannequin's head rolling past her, like again, in an artful way. Like if they had, if it was like just the idea of how do we show this man has has been murdered violently, but we'll do it in a way that was kind of artful. If you actually had the budget to create 
a decent looking fake human head and it rolled past somebody in a horror movie like like it rolls it's not focused it's focused on her she's in the foreground but to her right a head a human head rolls past her into the blackness behind her like that's a really artful shot and would be done in a horror movie that's trying to be good this because it is a movie that is trying to be bad does the artful shot with a manic with an obvious mannequin head the like mannequin the, the, yeah. the cheapest plastic possible. michael's oh my craft uh, store mannequin oh, head boy it's amazing bad. but because of that i i literally guffawed on my on my couch it's so great and crucially the first time we see the dinosaur and many times until kind of the climax of the movie mm-hmm. um look it's not a great looking dinosaur no. it's not supposed to be no the it being in the dark helps a little bit because, buddy, when we see that thing during the mm. day, <laughs> it looks even worse. But mm-hmm. um, crucially, also, the dinosaur version of the pastor is not... He doesn't grow inside. He definitely, like, hulks out. But he's mm. not He's not dinosaur to scale of a dinosaur. Right. He's right. dinosaur to scale of a human with but turned into one. So he yes. hulks out, but he doesn't grow into like the size of the Hulk when that happens. Right. He's just no. a, a six foot <laughs> dinosaur with marginally more effort than one of those inflatable T-Rex short armed. Mar- marginally. M- emphasis on marginally. Again. Yeah. So, um, uh, Greg wakes up in a strange bed in a strange room and in walks Carol in a sumptuous negligee nightgown. And I immediately said, this is a pretty nice apartment for a street walking hooker. <laughs> Frankie Murphy takes care of his girls, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but apparently she's not actually, we find out later that she is uh, pre-med law. <laughs> which is not, which is which is very tough to do. Um, uh, she's she's hooking to put herself through college because that's what you do. Um, and uh, anyway, so they have this scene where uh, Greg remembers nothing and thinks, "Oh my God, I must have had sex with this girl, and this could never happen again." Is it? Oh, so it was a one-time thing then? Yes, of course. I'm. I'm a priest. I this would be a horrible scandal. I can't have. I've t- uh, like, what do you think we're talking about? Because you turned into a dinosaur last night and ate a guy. It's like <laughs> that's impossible. And then I love this because again, this is the movie. That's what it is. Dinosaurs don't exist, and even if they did, I can't turn into one. Well, because he's a priest, he has to believe, well, right? Right, right. No, uh, it's just yeah, no. Delicious. Dinosaurs don't exist. Uh, is a wonderful thing. I, I I thought the whole thing with that, and I, honestly, that's more like Baptists than Catholics. True, yes. But um, I thought the whole thing was that uh, Jesus and dinosaurs existed at the same time. Like the Flintstones was a documentary. Not that they didn't exist, but uh, but they were, but this the carbon dating is all out of line. Whatever. I'm not going to. Well, quote. they don't exist I, now, Alex. I well, that's true. I I I think that um, I, I, I think. <laughs> I think that the movie knows exactly what it's doing, and I'll I'll trust it. 
So he says, um, I can prove it to you. I can, I know where the body is. I hit the, like, all right, well, I'll go. And, but here's the thing. When he turns, he turns into uh, a velociraptor, turns into a dinosaur. Um, well, obviously all of his clothes have been t- torn to shreds. So he's, he's nude. And he says, do you have anything I can wear? She says, yes. Cut to in the in the in the in the rambles of the park um uh and he is wearing a uh i don't know what would you call it like a sweater dress that barely it's covers like his butt hairy cloth bright orange yeah deep v dress almost mm-hmm. like something that you would probably wear like when you got out of the shower or whatever maybe yeah 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 but that is the funny part. It's like, do you have anything for me to wear? Yes. And the thing that she has for him to wear is not a pair of sweats no. and, a, and a shirt. No, it's it's the most awkward looking thing possible. Oh. Um, and he's like a decently built dude too. So his yeah. his yeah. chest is like all filled out and it's like this right. deep V. So you just yeah. see like very masculine <laughs> shoulders mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. busting through it. And it's bright orange too. Like, right. You know what? We're going to the woods. Let's try and blend in as much as possible in this bright orange. Um, so she takes him to where she covered the the remains of the mugger with leaves, and she kicks some of the leaves off of you to see a hand, and he's freaked out about it. And uh, but the most thing he's freaked out about is when she um, uh, mentions to him that she's a hooker. Yes. Oh, this is terrible. Way what more concerning done? than the fact um, that he turns into a dinosaur. Uh, but then she has the she like um. Uh, she has this idea that you should you should kill a lot of things on purpose because they're bad. And uh, every 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 piece of shit pedophile who comes to you to confess, then you can kill him because you're a you're a you're a dinosaur guy. You're a righteous dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, and his morals killer, won't yeah. allow it, so he has to run because he's late for confession to take confession. So he runs while sobbing. Maybe then, my favorite line delivery in the whole thing. I have to go to confession right now. Yes, right now. <laughs> yeah, and he runs uh, in his little in his little uh, you know terry cloth thing that you're talking about uh, out of the, out of the forest, and then we see him again, still sobbing, still running at the same rate of speed, hauling ass around the corner of of the church, now fully dressed in his in his frock into a nearby um, phone booth, and. Uh, and Father Stu was like, "Where have you been? You're 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 late for confession. That's never happening." Oh, I'm sorry. I I'll have to explain to you later. Um, and so uh, he <laughs> uh, he gets into confession, and the who who happens to be in in the confession booth with him? Frankie Mermaid. Frankie Mermaid. Uh, Hello, my son. How long has it been since your last confession? Uh, I don't know, Doc. Uh, oh, he, I don't know. This is on, he didn't say Doc. It's my fault. <laughs> he does the thing that I love that they do in every, in every movie where there's a guy like this. He calls the father Padre. I, yeah. I, like That's one of my favorite things that they do in every movie where there's a guy like this who talks to, a, to, to any kind of clergyman. Hey, Padre. Like, I'm all, I'm, immediately, I'm like... I, the movie goes up one notch for me. If they have a guy in the movie who talks to a priest and calls him Padre, it's it works. Perfect. It just works for me. It hits a it hits a it hits a nerve that I love. 
Um, hey, Padre, yeah, oh, the, listen, it's been like, I don't know, two years, there's a lot to confess. I do a lot, you know, I pimp girls, I murder people, I deal drugs, I, I kill, some guys, they tell me to kill people, so I kill them, or I tell other people to kill them for me, I says, hey, there was this, uh, this couple that I killed just the other day, I blew them up in the, uh, with a car bomb, right across the, 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 the street from this church, and then there was this priest, Come out there going like, Mom, Dad, like it was his parents or something. Ah, it was crazy. Anyway, you, you, you and then uh, so uh, uh, Doug goes crazy and, and transforms at least partly. An amazing piece of this. Mm-hmm. One, this was such a nice reminder of the fact that it's been a couple days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to yep. Doug calculating like, Okay, well, maybe it was a different couple that died right. in the car bomb outside of this truck. Like he him trying to like a sincere acting effort to be like, well, let's hear out the whole situation mm-hmm. before I react. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible right. stuff. But then inevitably, that's the end of Frankie Mermaid. Um <laughs> You killed my parents. And so his left forearm transforms into a dinosaur it is a foam rubber glove basically yes that punches through the little partition divider thing in a in a in a in a, in a confession booth grabs him across um grabs him a, a, around the throat you killed my parents hey man i didn't know it was your parents i'm sorry what can i say um and uh, then he just slashes him across the throat. And of course, like, the, I will say, the practical blood makeup for a lot of the stuff in the movie, it might be like the best, the highest quality thing in the entire film. Uh, so like the gash in his, in his neck is really gruesome looking. And he's just like, ah, too, wait, w- way too much. And then uh, um, uh, <laughs> um Doug runs back to uh, Carol's apartment, leaving the bleeding corpse of a pimp in the confessional where he was just in. Nobody thinks to bring it up to him ever again for the rest of the movie. Not not Father Stewart, not the cops, nothing. Nope. Incredible how much scenes like that just don't build on each other. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Perfectly. Um, But he goes to Carol and says, okay, Let's talk about how we're going to do this. How 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 are we going to decide who I'm going to kill? How are we going to? What are we going to do? How's this going to work? <clears throat> and um, uh, he's where he's let slip that he killed Frankie Mermaid, Carol's pimp. So now she's free, and so now uh, she's very happy about this. And there's a montage now where they where they kill a lot of different drug dealers and stuff. Well, it's a falling in it's a falling in love while uh I falling in love while I pick out the under underbelly of, of America's society for you to murder and then you turn into a dinosaur and murder them and then we we have we share an ice cream cone on a park bench. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. Like this <laughs> So I also love that they, they come up with their one rule, which is only hurt bad people. But I, they're like, we need rules. And he's like, yeah, like commandments. And then, of course, the first commandment is thou shall not kill. Right. So right. Um, that just made me laugh. And then this montage was so as I was watching this, I was like, 
they watched Team America with the ninja stuff and uh, mm-hmm. this is the classic Trey Parker, Matt Stone, mm-hmm. even Rocky had a montage montage. Um, mm-hmm. So funny that it's like a heroic turning into a dinosaur, killing bad people romantic montage is just unbelievable. I do also want to say, because this isn't um, like a scene in here, but we should also note that like, I don't know what cameras they sought to get to film this because the camera quality is pretty much below the average cell phone camera, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like, I double-checked because I was like, I think this was made pretty recently, but this could have been 2017. Yeah, Yeah, 2017. 2017. Perfect. So, I I was like, this could have been made in the 80s with the quality. I was like, there are student films with significantly better equipment behind it. So, whatever they went back to get Mm -hmm. to make it worse incredible Mm -hmm. there was definitely points where this was edited like in a powerpoint this montage was was one of them the sexy things that happen later we'll get to but like uh, fantastic stuff fantastic and the montage is edited in a way where everything is on screen at the same time yes like there's little there's little boxes little tiles and they they pan across the screen and in each tile is a scene that's happening like that's that's very artful. Like I, I, I love that was a really cool way of showing a montage without re- really editing things together. You're just going to show the whole scene in like a little crawl across the. St- I thought that Especially was because really there's cool like thing. competing yes. things going on, like they're falling in love and they're turning into right. dinosaur murdering people. Right. So that was that was really mm-hmm. fun. That right. was really fun. Uh, I believe this is where we meet for the first time the ninjas. It is. Um, the first the first guy we meet is uh, a, a, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed ninja uh, who's, who's obviously in charge of some of the other ninjas, but answers to uh, an actual ninja. Well, Chinese guy. But then, then again, who Chinese ninjas are the same thing. His name is Wei Chan. Uh, he has a Hitler mustache and a soul patch, which is a terrible combination. Kids at home, don't go for that one. No. Um, but... Um, they're looking. They're trying to hunt down the dragon warrior and kill it because they know what he's what he's been up to, and they don't like it. And so this and is the, this is what, yeah because it's interrupting their coke deals, right? Their cocaine, yeah, dealing white, some with an Australian accent, mm-hmm. ninjas. Except for the the leader is Except actually Asian. Yes, is actually Asian. Yeah. Um, but like the second in command is white blonde hair blue eyed mm-hmm. dude um ninjas that are protecting their coke trade so right. they have to that can't get disrupted by the dragon warrior mm-hmm. curse right so that's why they're going after them yes at no point since um the pastor has become the dinosaur has there been any allusion to him needing to take out drug dealers other than like they're generically taking out bad guys. Right. Well, mostly so drug dealers. Yeah. So that's where we're, mm-hmm. that's where this has all come together. They've, they've given the ninjas the trait of dealing coke mm-hmm. so that we can get to this point. <laughs> um, this is uh, also now where he is, conf- uh, Doug is confronted by Father Stewart. Your, your absence troubles me. What's going on? And got a just, wavering commitment to faith, right? Kind right. Of, yeah. Um, and 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 Doug just tells him the truth. 
Um, they 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 don't show the actual moment of confession. They but they cut back to and Flutter's like, this is impossible. It's not possible. This is not not a thing that could be, that could happen. This is you making it up, or or you you're having you must be possessed. So we're gonna we're gonna call the diocese and get an exorcism. Um, but until I can get them here, I'm gonna lock you in this room. That's what he says. Loving. He was like, you were late to confession. Again, no mention of the murder that happened nope. during the confession. No. And they kind of set it up as like a, I don't want to call it a swerve because it's not that hard of a turn, but like Father Stewart sees him with a prostitute, yes. a hooker. Right. right. Um, so he thinks that she's like, he's, he says, there's a lot of people like you. What about your, church yeah, you're breaking you're, your yes, vow of celibacy. And he's like, actually, what's happening is I'm turning into a dinosaur. Yeah, fine. no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm no, I'm not having sex never. with a hooker. And no, I'm not having sex with little boys. I am a, I am a dinosaur. I'm a, yeah. Um, and so uh, they, um, they take Father Stewart takes him in handcuffs to like an un, like a basement voodoo shop run by a guy named Altair who he hasn't seen in a long long time but who like this is he used to be a man of the cloth but now he does weird you know seances and stuff in his basement and they're this gonna, is not like they, a church approved exorcism we're getting no it. because it, the diocese are taking too long Right, it's been over. It's been over two hours. He hasn't heard back from them. <laughs> I, I, this that's how time works in this movie. Uh, and he's got to, <laughs> he's got to take him to this weird voodoo guy uh, who's gonna who's gonna make everything right. Um, so I don't even know what to say. Um, There's like tarot cards out, which is not how yes. exorcism works. Like. Right. So, um, so they're they're going to draw the spirit out of him so they can banish it to hell, right? Altair um, is uh, just very I don't know new agey type smarmy dude. I don't know, like he's like half tech grifter and and half uh, he's just hey, it's all right, sit down. We're gonna we're gonna get that bad thing right out of you. Um, but while he's he's uh, getting everything ready, we focus on Father Stewart, who starts narrating in his mind. Before we uh, get into this, because it's the best scene in the whole entire mm-hmm. history of cinema, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was one line before this where they're like mm-hmm. having their discussion of faith and the reveal, where Father Stewart goes, "God doesn't want people dead." <laughs> Because I think God wants lots of people dead. To which I said, you read your Bible, sir, because I have heard Noah's Ark and Oh, yes. But just the yeah. incredible, God doesn't want people dead. Well, I think Mm-mm. God wants lots Mm-mm. of people dead. Unreal. Very true. But yeah. moving forward, the recounting of Father Stewart's backstory. Father Stewart uh, is a Vietnam veteran. He um, he has a he has a nom flashback, and they cut to him walking through, I don't know, the same park that everything takes place in, which is down the street from the director's house, I'm sure. Um, and 
he's wearing a blonde wig and a blonde fake mustache over his gray mustache. And uh, only it's, being held, it's being held on by a helmet that is ill-fitting uh, because of the wig. Um, and he's talking with his buddy, his war buddy, Ali, who says, I'm your war buddy, Ali. Um, hey, you got a girl back home, Sarge? Yeah, I do, actually. And he pulls out a picture, an actual photo of the director's actual mother from the early 70s. Correct. And he hands it over to Ali. Hey, she's a real looker. Good for you. When you get home, is it, oh, she's all I'm fighting for. I can't wait to get back to her. Ali says, when you get home, you're going to marry that girl. Yeah, you are. And you're going to have five kids. No, 11 kids. And you're going to name one of them after your war buddy, Ali. And you're, you're going to tell him, hey, this you, you know who you're named after? My war buddy, Ali. The guy who got you home safe, who never even took a shot in the entire war. And then he's killed by a sniper. Like... It's just in the most this bullet <laughs> is directed at only him wet mm-hmm. like mm. hysterically precise to take out this guy and one bullet does an incredible amount of damage in the way that oh, he yeah. is bleeding with like tomato juice mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah. This is not like... um Okay, and this is this is the thing that that like that sealed it for me. Like I whatever else happens in the rest of this movie, it's on my like top it's in my top 25 movies I've ever watched experienced for the first time type of thing is again, a non-actor, the father of the director who is a practicing physician sitting and trying to write to Ali's family, right? The letter, you know, that tells them that their, their son was killed. Their loved one died. Yep. And it and it says and it focuses on what he's written. <laughs> and very close up, and it says, "Dear Ali's mom and dad, <laughs> I regret to have to inform you that dot dot dot." Like it, he 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 actually wrote dot dot like he wrote the ellipses out like period period. Period, because he couldn't think of what to write next, and he's very concerned, and he can't think of what to do. And then you hear somebody say, uh, "Whatever his name was, because his name wasn't Stewart is his last name. I don't know what his first name is, uh, but it's, but she yells it out to him, um, and uh, <clears throat> um." And it's like it's Adeline. It's 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 the girl from the picture, um, and she's way over there. This is again the director's mother. <laughs> I hey I, hey I'm here, and he stands up, but he's so happy to see her. Um, and she runs runs across the thing. He doesn't go anywhere. He just stands up, but she runs all the way over to him, and steps on a landmine directly in front of him, which only hurts her. And when I say hurt, I mean it turns her into a giant tub of goo that flies all... Yes, liquefies her on the spot directly into his face, right? And he's just standing there catatonic as the other soldiers go, hey. One guy says, gee, Sarge, I think she's too far gone. We can't do anything for her. (laughs) 
again, playing it completely straight. Um, it's like, I don't even, what do you, what do you think she was even over here for? I don't know. Like, like when she just emerges, I can't stress enough. <laughs> why the hell is she in the war? Which again, is in why, the same Why would she park. go to Vietnam? I don't understand. In Vietnam, Perfect. also in this park in, mm-hmm. I'm going to say California, Oregon, somewhere mm-hmm, in there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the way she just appears, like, so ethereal as she's, like, coming down this very um, not steep hill towards Mm -hmm. him, hits the landmine, doesn't affect anybody but her, she liquefies, Mm -hmm. and then they say that of, like, she looks too far gone. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) As if there's anything to assess. It's unbelievable. Cut to... Um... There's a close-up of him just dripping with his 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 wife's blood, covered in um, it. You covered it, and then cut to back in the states, just him walking down a back alley, uh, same terrible wig, same uh, fake mustache. Uh, when I got back to the states, I tried my hand at the clergy again, like it goes away, like like because it cuts to a movie that's about Father Stewart, and then it cuts back to the movie that he was originally in. Uh, which is not about him at all, um, and I thought that was that was very funny. Um, and this is where the exorcism takes place. But all the exorcism does is succeeds in um, bringing out the actual um, dinosaur, which then uh, pulls Father Stewart's right eye out of its head and then runs away. And Altair is like, "Now the hounds of hell are truly loose." <laughs> Everyone laughs. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say uh, the little white uh, blonde haired ninja and um, uh, Hitler, Hitler mustache ninja also had a very, very long maniacal laugh that uh, did not work out well for them earlier Correct. in the thing. Um, uh, so there's something that happens in the, in the meantime here, but it is not really important. The next important thing is that. Apparently, Father Stewart survived this. No, something very important happens. What's this? He runs to Carol's. And? And they have oh, they have, oh, they have sex, right. They, they have, have S-E-X so. and the ninjas break in after they've had oh, sex. Oh, that's right. The ninjas break in. and Yeah, the ninjas break in. I forgot about that. The ninjas break in. Um, and they were able to take down the ninjas uh, because he doesn't turn into a, a, a dinosaur to do it. He just, he just karate's them. And so and does so, she. And, and so does Carol. It's amazing. Yeah. These are trays. So they have sex. He's laying there in his tidy whities Yes. This is another montage thing where it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not a sex scene. It's tiled sexual vignettes right. with yep. like rainbow background and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it cuts to them mm-hmm. in bed with him in his tidy whities and then mm-hmm. ninjas just come through the window. Yes. And appear, and um, we get. The incredible line of, where? What did she say? Where do all these ninjas come from? Or mm-hmm. what are we gonna do? I think it was what are we gonna do? With, yeah, where did all these ninjas come from? Or what are we gonna do with all these ninjas? And then mm-hmm. the priest sees that one of them has a cross, so they mm-hmm. are Christian, ninjas. Chinese, and white guy, mm-hmm. kind of Australian ninjas yep. with a coke mm-hmm. trade. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's where we're at. And then, yes, we um, find out that Father Stewart survived, but he did have his eye gouged out. Right. But there's also the thing where, like, they were trying to, they were hunting the the, the dragon warrior in the park at night. 
we'll, we'll find him and we could we have an awesome three pronged attack where we all come in from different sides and we get him. That was where the Australian ninja comes in because he's the he's the leader of this little band of ninjas. Like so, hey Jennifer, you come in from from this side. Uh, I Jennifer, you come in from this side over here, and you, uh, I Wuhan. Yeah, you're great. You always do whatever we tell you. Um, why don't you come in from the other side over there? And then it cuts to Wuhan or whatever his name is. Uh, in subtitles, th- his thoughts uh, about the girl he left back in China that he just can't wait to return home to. And then, of course, uh, the 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 dinosaur eats all of them. Uh, and the last shot is 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 Wuhan's girl looking at the camera, tossing her hair and smiling because that was his last thought as he was eaten by a dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> this is the movie. Um, but then then I believe that's when we wake up. Um, we when we hear um, uh, we see Father Stewart wake up with an eye patch because his right eye was removed, and he is talked to. Um, he was brought. He's saved. Nurse back to health by uh, Hitler Mustache Ninja, and uh, Hitler Mustache Ninja speaks only Chinese, but uh, Father Stewart understands because mm-hmm. he was in Vietnam. So therefore, Why he? right? Um, but this is where he reveals the master plan, which is that we have to kill um, the dr- Dragon Warrior because he's disrupting all of our coke deals. Why do we have all the coke deals so we can get everyone in the world? hooked on our amazing Coke, and then take it away from them, which is why then they'll have to uh, join a self-help group, and most health group, self-help groups are run by the church. And that way we will we will convert, forcibly convert everyone through drug dealing uh, to become Christian. And, um, and Father Stewart's like, this is not what we do to forcibly convert people. That's evil. How, how dare you? And so then uh, he was nursed back to health again. Left for dead, with missing an eye, bleeding out. But this guy saved him so that he could tell him his master plan to get him to try and join. And then Father Stewart said no, so he killed him anyway. Correct. Cool. So just another guiding figure that gets <coughs> murdered in yep. the life of our young pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where uh, also now Doug and Carol have decided to take the fight to the ninjas. Got to. Doug... Uh, in a very, very artful, again, shot, puts on this awesome, cool, like, 1950s-style, like, leather jacket, and he zips it up. Like, it never shows his head. It just zips, it shows him zipping it up here. It's got those cool things where it's, like, offset, and the lapel is, like, flapping across the chest. Amazing. It's a, it's a really cool biker jacket. Um, and He, he has turned into and, James Dean dinosaur right. pastor man. Right. Like, unreal. And then he, he walks straight into the camera, and then the next time we see, they have somehow found the ninja's compound, which, again, is a different part of the same park. And he's wearing an entirely different leather jacket. that <laughs> It looks nothing like the original one that they focused on. Nope. Like, I don't know if they got that one. And then the costumer says, like, no, like, you're going to be rolling around in mud. No, we can't do we got to return that one to the rental place. Oh, well, let's just get this other one that looks nothing like it. It'll be perfect. Um, and it was. And they have a huge fight with, with, with Greg. Uh, and 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 the the and, and Carol versus the ninjas, but this is this is where it gets very personal. Turns out, blonde hair, blue eyed ninja dun, dun, is, dun. Uh, is Doug's brother, and um, and this is he's never mentioned a brother, 
And nope. there was even a flashback where where the where the dad says to um, to Doug as he's dropping him off to go to uh, priest college. You're my only son. I love you so much. Um, and multiple there's a whole flashbacks montage. with the there's parents where this guy's not flashbacks. in it. Right. There's they're all seated around the dining room table just laughing about something very funny. And um, and then. Uh, when they show the same flashback again from Sam's point of view, the, the younger brother, he was, he's standing in the doorway of the kitchen holding a glass of orange juice, just watching them all laugh, and he's not included. And then, like, you're my only son, and I love you very much, and they hug, and he gets out of the car and walks away. And then Sam, up from the very back seat, stands up and just glowering. Because uh, he was left, it was so good. It's like Sam, you don't have to do this. We could talk about this. I'm very sorry. Um, and uh, uh, he uh, um, he says, "No, uh, no, we did, we can't. I'm going to kill you, but I'm not going to stain this sword, the sword of my ancestors, with your blood." Um, so they have a little fight scene uh, with Sam and Doug. And then Doug grabs the sword and says, "This, this, the sword of my, the, the sword of my ancestors is uh, sword of your ancestors is also the sword of my ancestors." <laughs> and then he just stabs him to death, just murders his brother, just in cold, just, just he's unarmed. They're not like fighting sword versus sword, and something bad happens. He like that literally. Sam is laying on the ground, and, and Doug just stabs him in the guts with the sword. Uh, kill uh, uh, Doug kills his brother. Um, uh, meanwhile, um, Carol is taking on all the other ninjas by herself, right? Until one of them yells for a tall ninja to come out of the tent, and he does. And he's he's got a sword, and he takes the sword out of the scabbard. And Carol's just standing there, and he slashes her across the chest, and she doesn't try to protect herself. There's oh. not a fight. He just slashes her across the chest. And then um, Doug sees that she's been uh, slashed across the and runs over to her. And they have a very long, tearful, sad goodbye where she coughs up so much blood. Oh, by the way, he is covered in very, very thin, like Kool-Aid thin blood all over his face. Yeah, Yeah. Amazing. And then she's coughing up real thick, like viscous, like dark, fake blood. She's coughing up right into his face. Uh, It's all right. You have to, you have to fight. You have to, you have to get them. Uh, 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 and none of the ninjas are attacking him. During no, no, they're they they're all actually pulled back. Yep, and, and they feel terrible about what's happening. They feel really terrible, especially this the tall ninja. He feels so bad oh, about killing no. Carol. They've He's got like, their oh, arms like arm in arm, like around yeah, each like other, around each other oh. to like watch. Like, oh, that's oh my so gosh, sweet. I was cracking we, up we, about like, how wow, I was so. Uh, um, and then for this moment to happen, I was in stitches at that. Um, and then uh, Wei Chan, the Hitler mustache ninja, comes out, uh, and he stops by Sam, who Sam says he's sorry for for you know not being able to kill him, but now you have to kill him for me. Uh, and then he takes out his um, bow and arrow and shoots Greg in the in the thigh. And he goes over and like tells him the whole thing. Like, uh, uh, your dragon warriors have been stopping our cocaine trade for centuries. 
Their it's bones are still movie. being discovered today. Uh, you're the last one. Uh, he says, again, all in Chinese with subtitles. And then finally, uh, he says in English, uh, very thick accent, he says, well, Velocipaster, do you have any last words? Because this is the Velocipaster's the only time he's ever been said is by this guy. Uh, and so he says, I only have six. Oh, the 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 arrow is caked in anti-venom that may, makes them impossible for them to turn into um, a dinosaur. Oh, oh, I forgot about this. After Carol, I don't know how I forgot about this. After Carol dies, he loses it and turns fully into the dinosaur. Right. This is where, in broad daylight, we're able to see the full dinosaur costume, which is, like, the most obvious foam rubber, like, it's the worst-looking thing ever. Like, honestly, one of those inflatable Halloween costumes would have looked better has more detail, 100%. Uh-huh. And this was when I realized how not tall it was either. Yes. Like, especially because it's kind of like a hunchbacky kind of thing. I was like, he just looks well, like a dude in a costume running the, around. The thing of it is, is the way that the thing is constructed is that the person inside it stands in it, right? And then there's like the the the, the head of the dinosaur is like right about here and in front of you. So you're looking out through a giant hunchback. This dinosaur has scoliosis and is just this horrible hunch thing in the back. And that's where your eyes can look out. And then there's a big floppy head in the front that flops around. Um, it's really less of a velocipaster than, than a T-Rex pastor um, with scoliosis. So he is able to fight off all the ninjas by himself by swinging his tail around. And the ninjas do a really great job of trying to sell for this big stick. It's true. But it's, but it is, uh, but it's not, it's not believable. It's not believable at all. Um, And uh, so anyway, that's when he is shot in the leg by the arrow, but with has anti-venom, which then reverses the, the transformation process. So then he says, Velocipaster, do you have any last words? He says, just six. I think my hand is immune. And then he he reaches up and he's got the the, the glove on. Obvious right? rubber glove. Obvious rubber glove. And he grabs a hold of him uh, by the throat. And then his other hand, who we have already seen for since the since the antivenom hit. We've already seen it, like it's been perched on his other leg, and we can see it. It was a human hand, but now it now it's a dinosaur hand again. So yes. then he reaches up and, and he grabs him by the throat and he pulls the head out of the body, and it is obviously again mannequin head. <laughs> and there's blood spurting everywhere from the neck hole all over him, right? Uh, and he's just screaming, holding it really high. And then for some reason he brings it down, and it's really hard to do this because there's no dexterity with those dinosaur gloves. But he's able to turn it around and show the hard cam, the 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 face of the mannequin head, which has been put glued on big bushy eyebrows, and a little a little Hitler mustache and a little soul patch, drawn on with sharpie, um, and he's just screaming, holding it up, and he goes, "Oh, Carol," and he runs over, and then cut to hospital waiting room, surgeon comes in. Surgeon says, well, we did it. 
I think she's going to make a full recovery. And he sits down there and he's like hard bitten. He pulls a, a, a cigarette butt out of an ashtray, lights it, lights it, and says, she's fine. You can go talk to her right now. Uh, and and so he walks in and she's sitting up in like a doc, not, not, not a hospital bed, not a surgery recovery room, just like, a, like you would go in for a checkup. Uh, right. It might actually be Dr. Daniel Steers, Father Stewart's practice. I hope I that's what to, it is. I, I need hope to that's know. how they got there. I need um, to know. And he walks in and uh, and she's just sitting there, fully clothed in different clothes than she was wearing. Uh, and he says, just, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. You're fine? Hey. She brings him up. And I thought, we should, I thought she was going to say, I'm pregnant. She didn't say that, though. No. She goes, I'm fine. And then a flashing giant on the screen, she's fine, it says. <laughs> and and then they decide they're gonna they're gonna go all over the world to take out the um the evil cult of uh Christian cocaine dealing ninjas, which still exist, and there's a billion dollar bounty on his head, they say. Well, yeah, you can't really go back to the priesthood with a billion dollar no. bounty on your head and your no. body count being that high and mm-mm, mm-mm, you're in a relationship yeah. with a hooker mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Sex worker. But they mm-hmm. refer to her as a hooker. Yep. 10 out of 10, no notes. That's uh, it, by the way. That's yep. the end of the movie. That's, that's the end of the movie. It's 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 uh it's one of the it's one of the it might be the very best, very worst movie ever. Definitely top top five. Yeah. Definitely top five. Because it wanted to be, so there's just something yeah. more authentic about it there. Yeah. Um I mean, of all the movies that we've kept the flick in, right. this is definitely one of them. Yes. Oh god, yes. <laughs> this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's free to watch. It's an hour yep. and ten minutes long, which makes this such a breeze. You have to go TV T U B I dot TV on your on your web browser. There's apps for the, the, you can go Crackle, to Crackle. It's all over. Yep, it's on Crackle as well. Yeah, it, you go seek it out, find it. Take seventy minutes of your life. You, I do not believe that you will regret no. any of it. And I personally apologize for it taking us this long to review this movie. Yeah, I know. Honestly, like I was like, uh, you know, because I mean, like, there's some stuff that like that thinks it's doing something good when it's really not. And like, Hey, we're going to make this movie. It's going to be, it's going to be a good movie. And they're like, nah, you're not. This movie does something different. This movie says, we're going to make a terrible movie. And they made a great one. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's impossible to, to say what this is. Uh, You have to watch it. I love when we get silly stuff like this going to see what like imdb and rotten tomatoes are and stuff this one was out of all of them the most all over the place there was one that was like a 4.8 out of 5 and then there was one that was like a 5 point whatever Mm -hmm. uh because it had a bunch of ones and a bunch of tens unlike the j-lo movie we watched last week where we were like it would be between a four and a six yeah yeah anything else would be egregious Mm -hmm. this is the opposite of that this is either Mm -hmm. a one or a ten yeah for me it's a ten um, but just what a fun and easy watch. Like this is oh, so yeah. silly. Again, as long as you know what you're signing up for, like there are there are six questions. there are six point five 
thousand, six and a half thousand reviews, uh, like star ratings on IMDb. It is a perfect five out of ten. Beautiful. Six and a half thousand people reviewed it. Three thousand two hundred fifty of them gave it a one. Three thousand two hundred fifty of them gave it a ten. I'm not. I'm lying. But that's basically what I think. Yeah. Half of half of the people watching it were like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Half of the people watching it were like, "This is terrible." Uh, The people who said it was terrible are wrong. It's called Velocipaster. I bet it's a bunch of people who are super religious and we're like, this isn't it. Oh, that might be it. Maybe it. It's actually got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is only 2% less than uh, Ant-Man versus uh, Quantum Manium or whatever. So, like, I mean, if you can only see one movie this weekend, this is the one to watch. Not Quantum Mania. Watch this one instead. Because this one's free. It is. And and better. And a delight. And a delight. <laughs> so are we getting the flick out of here? No. Keeping the flick in. Next week we'll pick something else. And I'm sure then we will decide whether or not we are going to get the flick out of here. Bye, everybody. Have a good weekend. May the Velocipaster be with you. Oh, I forgot mm-hmm. to say, um, he uses the force to pull the sword out of the ground so he could kill his brother with it. He just oh, right. Yes, of course. Just straight, just straight, may, may, may the force be with a foam rubber dinosaur. 100%. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.